Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Howdy, and welcome to episode 69 of Wiki Shuffle. Don't. We're going to do some... <laughs> shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we're going to do some Wiki Shuffling. What, what is that, Phil? We press the random article button on Wikipedia, and then we have a chat about it. And what kind of stuff comes up? All kinds. All kinds of Several stuff. kinds. What did, what, what did we have last time? Last time we had pool noodles and Scientology. Well, that's quite a diverse selection of topics. Yeah. I mean, there's only two, but still quite diverse. Different sides of a spectrum. Talking of spectrums, I'm joined by Chris. That was a bit mean. <laughs> Sorry, that's very on PC, wasn't it? Hello. <laughs> and Phil. Hello. And I'm Jack, and here's some wiki shuffles. So we have another work of fiction. Now, the last time we had a work of fiction, it didn't end too well because Mm. the Wikipedia entry was an even bigger work of fiction. A big old lie is what it was. It was a big old lie. A horse for Mandy. But let's not entirely lose faith in Wikipedia and let's hope, let's just hope that the mystery at Lilac Inn is a genuine Wikipedia article with some actual fact in it. I'm sure it is. The Mystery at Lilac Inn. Has anyone read The Mystery of Lilac Inn to verify the content of this Wikipedia article? No. Nope. No. It sounds good, though. Uh, no, it doesn't. It sounds like a, like a, it sounds like a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> you should be the detective. It's a Nancy Drew mystery story. I've heard of Nancy Drew. Mm. She like, she's like the American Sherlock Holmes for kids. If you like. Is that right? I've never read any to know, but that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. about right. Um, like the Fantastic, not the Fantastic Four. Who are the other ones? Famous Five. That's the ones. Or the Fantastic Super, Mr. Fox. Super Seven. The Secret Seven. Yeah. Hate for eight. The Mystery at Lilac Inn is the fourth volume in the Nancy Drew Mystery Stories series. It was first published in 1931 under the pseudonym Carolyn Keane. Mildred Wirt Benson was the ghostwriter for the 1931 edition. 1930 edition. The story involves Nancy Drew helping her friend Emily Crandall find out who stole her heirloom jewels. As is often. The start of a mystery. Emily's aunt and guardian, Hazel Willoughby, unwisely removes them from a safe deposit box and carries them with her while lunching at Lilac Inn, only to have her handbag stolen while the diners are distracted. In the meantime, Nancy must hire a temporary maid in the absence of Mrs. Gruen, her housekeeper. Oh, good God. (laughs) A temporary maid. Can't go without having a maid for five minutes. Safe deposit boxes, do they exist in the real world? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're... very much key in an awful lot of films, but I've never known anyone have a safe deposit box. Do you not have one? Well, from the tone of the conversation so far, do you think I do? <laughs> yes. Where do you keep your <laughs> lapping gear? 
Don't laugh. I'm not talking about laughing again in another episode. Where do you protect the gems of Asimov? <laughs> Nancy uncovers the thief, Mary Mason, one of the applicants for the position of maid. She then tracks Mary Mason to a gang, which includes Mary's brother, Bud. Nancy is bound and gagged and left aboard the gang's sinking cabin cruiser to die, but is rescued by the River Patrol. In the end, Nancy captures the jewel thief, exonerates the Guardian and returns her orphaned friend's fortune to her. Never found out who did it. Yeah, we did. No, we know exactly who did it. the end of the... Nancy who uncovers the thief, Mary Mason, who oh. was one of the applicants for the position of maid. Pay attention. Oh, I did say the maid. I wasn't listening. No, but it wasn't the maid. They thought that it was the maid, but it wasn't. It was one of the other applicants to be the maid. Oh, okay. And her bad brother, Bud. And there we are. Doesn't sound very good, does it? So that was the 1930 edition. And then in 1961, Harriet Stratemeyer Adams extensively revised the novel, creating a completely different story. Hmm. Still based at the Van Lick the original omitted the lead characters from much of the action. The titular inn was only a place where the crime was committed, with minor investigatory follow-up, and a domestic help subplot was out of place in 1961. Ethnic slurs and opinions oh, were removed. Jesus. Oh, good. So in the 1961 edition, Nancy Drew, how did you and Helen paddle that canoe up here so fast from River Heights, cried Doris Drake in astonishment, is the opening line of the book. That's got me hooked. Setting the tone for an evil twin plot. The best <laughs> it does not. Oh yeah. Nancy and Chum Helen vacation at Historic Lilac Inn, recently purchased by friend Emily Willoughby. Emily is engaged and the girls are visiting to plan her wedding. Emily and fiance Dick have renovated the historic main building and added modern resort features, including guest cabins and tennis courts. Nancy quickly discovers that an impersonator is operating and forging her signature to rack up bills back in her river. Heights. So, well, in my head, Nancy Drew is like a young girl. And if in this, Nancy Drew is quite, she's writing checks, booking hotels, she's going on TripAdvisor. I don't think she's canoeing. She Children can canoe. Well, they can't. Children can't canoe. Yes, they can't. Little arms and legs. Can't they, canoe. You they, don't trust them in a canoe. Well, that's why you have a paddle. They can't canoe. They, they, exactly, they can't canoe. <laughs> they can't canoe. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> I think you're confusing children with babies. Same. Babies can't canoe. When do babies turn into children? 22. <laughs> <laughs> and when do children turn into adults? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this works. I just don't think they can canoe. I've never Have you ever seen one canoe? A child? Yeah. I think yeah. I canoed as a child. I I've never canoed as an yeah, adult. Yeah, but you had but to have... back then. You had to get to stuff. That's the only way you could. So Nancy Drew's arranging a wedding and there's an evil doppelganger trying to pretend to be Nancy Drew. In the meantime, Emily gives reports of strange happenings, including mysterious apparitions in Lilac Grove. Mm. Nancy is attacked while scuba diving alone. Well, when... there you go. She's definitely not a child because they can't scuba dive alone. That's true. They shouldn't. Fact, I don't they think shouldn't. anyone should scuba dive alone. That's bad practice. Surely you need, a, yeah. you need a partner for scuba diving. Because yeah. what if you come across like an evil fish? Thing? Shark, like a shark. Like a shark. Yeah. yeah, I agree. No, I'm not advocating solo scuba diving, don't, and don't nor solo should scuba. Nancy Drew. Don't solo scuba. 
Don't solo canoe, especially if you're a child. Nancy is attacked while scuba diving alone when Dick's best man, John, fails to keep a date. And Emily's inheritance, a fortune in diamonds, is cleverly stolen during a dramatic blackout. An explosion and cabin fire, an attack by the ghostly woman in the grove, and repeated negative interactions with in-star for Maud Potter all adds to the building excitement. In the scene illustrated on the original dust jacket and still featured on the cover, Nancy impersonates the apparition in a flowing gown and dark wig, only to come face to face with the ghost, who looks just like Nancy, with titty and hair in the same style as Nancy's current haircut. Her sleuthing leads to recognition of an actress looking for money at Lilac Inn and revenge on Carson Drew. Nancy must soon meet her evil twin face to face on the river in the exciting climax to the mystery. Well, that's a much more exciting version than the 1930s version. But couldn't be further removed. <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, that's okay. It's about ghosts now. Explosions mm-hmm. and scuba diving. All these things are mentioned. Wedding yeah, planning. Wedding planning. Very important sports. in any chick lit is yeah. a bit of wedding planning. Diamonds. Chris. Yeah. Ghosts, yeah. What's your thoughts? I, if, well, my opinion is probably probably not, but... Um, if one makes me like put my hand through their face and, and I'll go, all right, fair enough, you're a ghost. Problem solved. <laughs> oh, and then there was... What <laughs> problem? The, oh, no, the, there was another one. <laughs> there was no problem. There was another... There was, yeah, this. I, might, I don't think this has been said on the podcast, but my, 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 I was little and I stayed at my grand's house. Yeah. This is a, a scary one. Can we turn the light off for maximum scare effect? I'll pretend that I have. Right. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> close your eyes. I used to stay there when I was little... The stairs used to go up, oh. turn around, and they used to be like, not a spiral staircase, but it was like up and a bit. They, they did it, went at a 90 degree angle. 90 degree angle? Yeah. Like a square. Up. Yeah. Dog leg. It's what like it's called. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. And uh, one morning, I came down the stairs, and she was like making breakfast and stuff. I was about like six or seven. And she said that she found a Snickers wrapper on the stairs. Right? Okay. But I was too young, really, to have Snickers, and she was allergic to nuts. <laughs> that is so stupid. True though. So <laughs> you were too young to have a Snickers. Or canoe. <laughs> or canoe, definitely no canoe in. She was allergic to nuts. Still is. <laughs> Therefore, ghosts. How else could there have been there? It's unexplained, so ghosts. <laughs> there was another time where a washing machine was in the middle of the floor. That never got explained either. What? What do you mean it was in the middle of the floor? Just in the middle of the floor. What, in the kitchen? Yeah, just came out. Was it on no. at all? Yeah, it was on, wasn't no. it? Just came out. They say it's food for thought. Well, yeah, <laughs> it is. Not, Not if you're allergic it. to nuts. No. That was, that's, you see, that's why it can't have been anyone other than... A ghost. The, the paranormal. Well, it's good to put that to bed and finally yeah. know that the proof is out there. That So I'm not saying that ghosts are real. I'm just saying if they exist, they do like a marathon. Snickers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the Snickers. They ate it. We don't know if they enjoyed it, but they ate it. Mm-hmm. Do ghosts need food? They go straight for him, obviously. So you no. put a... <laughs> well, then, <laughs> then you're what are they doing with well, your Snickers then? Well, maybe they got rid of the Snickers and just threw it because well, I'm where... annoyed. Where, where did the, the actual chocolate bar end up? Probably in the bin. Where did they get it from? I don't know. Asda? I don't know. <laughs> and get what they want, they're ghosts. People of Corby, your answer for every question <laughs> is Asda. 
Who do what they want. They don't have to pay for it. They just walk in and take stuff. They're ghosts. People listening to this podcast aren't going to understand the love affair that the people of Corby have with Asda, are they? No, probably Because not. nobody can understand that love affair. Why do the people of Corby love Asda so much? I think it's because we only ever had an Asda. Mm. So we grew an attachment to it. Very close attachment. Yeah, which I very quickly brushed off once we, once we got a Tesco and they had wider aisles and fewer people. But you're the only person really in there. Yeah, Every which is exactly what I want from my shopping experience. Mm. I don't want to be surrounded by scum. <laughs> scum and ghosts. <laughs> So I go to Tesco. Should we read the section entitled Accusations of Racism? Because it sounds like our kind of bit. Okay, great. The novel was extensively rewritten and published in 1961, partially because the original novel featured elements of racism that were considered unacceptable. In the original story, Nancy uses racial terms as far as describing potential replacement housekeepers whom she has rejected, who are black, Irish and Scots. Hey, I'm Irish and Scots. I feel offended. Well, good job they rewrote it in the wonderfully tolerant 1961 <laughs> when all racism had been... We'd got over God, racism by then. by then. Also, the character of Mary Mason, the novel's central villain, is described as an impudent, dark-complexioned girl, perhaps hinting at her ethnicity. I mean, that's not perhaps. actually racist. I guess dark-complexioned can be just a descriptive term. It doesn't necessarily mean that she's dark-complexioned, therefore she's a villain. No. It could just be an additional trait. But, but we haven't heard it in the story. Matthew yeah. might have said, oh, it's because of... What was it my grandma used to say? Filthy Arab. If you came in with muck on your face or something. You're a filthy Arab. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say... Lovely. I'd say grandma. It's 1994. You can't be saying <laughs> such things now. God rest her soul. Her old racist soul. Ghettopoly. Ghettopoly. Right, so it's like Monopoly, but it's for the ghetto. We just did a whole racism thing. Uh, now, apparently we're doing another one. Getopoly is a parody of Monopoly, released in 2003, invented by David Chang. It uses Monopoly-like mechanics in the atmosphere of a caricaturized United States ghetto. Sounds hilarious. Mm. Fun for all the racists in your life. I wonder if there'll be any pimps and hoes. I bet there will. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really quite angry at this. So, I can't even round that thought out. It's just so obviously awful. So this is a board game for two to seven players. The setup time is five to 15 minutes and the playing time of about three hours. Three hours of racist fun. (laughs) The random chance is medium and the skills required are simple mathematics such as counting, finding percentages and multiplication, social skills and negotiation. And you need to bring your own white hat. Oh, I found a picture of it. That is pretty much exactly what you think it is. God. Can I have a look at the picture? Do you want to have a look at the picture of the border of the logo? Oh. All bad. Let's have a look. Oh, for fuck's sake. See? Oh, my God. So we've got a cartoon gang member. It's got a semi-automatic weapon. It's got a semi-automatic weapon and a bottle of beer in the other hand, and he's wearing a do-rag. Are they called do-rags? Gameplay and differences from Monopoly. The full railroad properties are replaced by liquor stores. (laughs) Other properties include a massage parlour, a peep show, and a pawn shop. 
The community chest and chance squares become ghetto stash and hustle squares, while taxation squares are replaced by police shakedown and carjacking squares. Ah-ha-ha-ha! Ah-ha! Bill loves this. <laughs> Instead of building (laughs) makes me so (laughs) angry. Instead of building houses and hotels, property owners can build crack houses and projects. The seven game pieces include a pimp, a hoe, a forty ounce, a machine gun, a marijuana leaf, a crack rock, and a basketball. The official description. Buying stolen properties, pimping hoes, building crack houses and projects, paying protection fees and getting carjacked are just some of the elements of the game. Not dope enough. If you don't have the money that you owe the loan shark, you might just land yourself in that emergency room. It's <laughs> good. You're the whitest man I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've, I've also found out that um, Hasbro did sue him. Good. Obviously. Good. Well, David Chang. I'm struggling to find out more about David Chang, though, because I think he might also be a celebrity chef. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. Well, he is. Well, there is a David Chang who is a celeb- an American restaurateur, author and television personality. I feel like there may be more than one David Chang in the world. I think there is. That's not racist. <laughs> That's kind of racist. I don't think so. I don't think it is. You said there's too many Changs. I didn't say that. That's not what I said. Statistically, Take there's more than one. yourself. I- the contents are a game board, a loan shark tray, 40 crack houses, 17 projects, pink slip cards, ghetto stash and hustle cards, seven game pieces that we've already been through and I can't handle that amount of hilarity again, counterfeit money because you play with counterfeit money because, you know, and two dice. Controversy. The game was criticised as offensively racist by a local chapter of the NAACP and black clergy, among others, including Wikishuffle podcast. Are we black clergy? <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to put okay, that on well. our resumes. The game was pulled from the market by Urban Outfitters, just one of its many retailers. How the fuck did it get to the point where you needed to pull it from sale? Why didn't you look at it and think, actually, not for us, thank you? Is Urban Outfitters the one that you go in and it's really dark and everyone in there is a cunt? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Chang still marketed the game without their support. According to Chang's now-defunct website, further such games were planned, including Hoodopoly, Hyopopopoly... Oh, Hip-Hop-Hop... Hip-Hop... Oh, Hip-Hop-Hop-Oly. 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 And Thugopoly. I need the same game. Hood, hip-hop and thug. They're really branching out. In October 2003, Hasbro sued David Chang over the game's similarity to Monopoly. In January 2006, Chang was found in contempt of court for failure to produce documents. The court thus entered a default judgment for Hasbro's continued use of Monopoly as a trademark and dismissed Chang's counterclaims, which were to revoke trademark status on Monopoly. In May 2006, the court estimated that Chang generated... $8,790,000 in profits from the sale of Getopoly and that damages of $400,000 were reasonable as reflected in the court documents. So he He basically got away with it. And he made nearly $9 million in the process. Mm -hmm. What an arsehole. I've also found another article about it after all this happened. It became a bit of a collector's item and people are wanting like $200 for it. Well, yeah, according to eBay's offensive material policy, neither Getopoly nor any of its variants can be sold. Well, good on you, eBay. Colin the Caterpillar. 
Colin the Caterpillar is a chocolate roll cake sold by British store Marks and Spencers. The posh one. The... <laughs> Do people really consider Marks and Spencers posh still? Is yes. That... yes. Have you ever shopped in Marks and Spencers? Yes, all the fucking time, therefore it's posh. <laughs> I don't. I have never lived more than a stone's throw away from a Marks and Spencers. So it is, I've always shopped at Marks and Spencers from my very first house. Everywhere you know I've ever lived has been really close to a Marks and Spencers. It's quite expensive, hall. right? Yeah, it's fairly expensive. Yeah, but you, you get what you pay for in this life. Like Colin the Caterpillar. Do you not mean that? I mean, we are sponsored by Londis. Now, I know. Right? That's what I was going to oh, say. God's. Oh God! Oh, have I done us out of some Londis yeah. sponsorship? Well, Marx Marx is ne- never going to want to get on board with us anyway. They're probably not, are they? We're too low grade. Yeah, Bondis were over the moon. They were. They were very keen, weren't they? Yeah. To be fair, we have tweeted them a couple of times and they haven't responded. Not at all. Too much. No one's man in the, the Twitter. No. <laughs> Calling the caterpillar this cake. I had this cake several times during my childhood for like birthdays and stuff. It's a good cake. Buttercream, chocolate, bang on. Is there a Smarties on it. Yeah, kind of like fake Smarties. Fake Smarties. They don't taste quite right. More than 7 million of these cakes have been sold since it was introduced in 1990. That's a, that's a lot of cakes. Colin the Caterpillar is a chocolate sponge roll cake filled with chocolate buttercream and covered in milk chocolate shell with sugar-coated milk chocolate beans for decoration. They mean Smarties. They're not they saying do. Smarties, mm-hmm. but they mean Smarties. The cake has a decorative face and feet made of white chocolate. The dessert is available in large and small sizes. See, I... I don't think I've had this cake, but I do recognise it sort of cold dead eyes. <laughs> Chocolate button eyes. You, yeah. you, I guarantee you've had this I'm cake sure at I, a birthday I, party I have before. seen that face before. According to Marks and Spencers, it takes 38 people to assemble each cake from start to finish. I like to imagine a team of 38 people working around a table all on the same one. I don't like to imagine 38 different people getting the chance to have their hands on my cake before it reaches me. The Colin Grabbers. The Colin Grabbers, I mean, yeah. fair enough, M&S are likely to employ a better standard of um, worker. But still, are you saying, Sorry, are you saying you don't want immigrants touching your food? Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> that's a lot what it sounded like. While we're doing a racism <laughs> special... That's not what I was saying I, at all. It, it seemed like that's what you were saying. To be honest, when I was thinking of it, I was thinking of like a proper horrible British scummer. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want a scouser touching I your food? I don't want dessert. a scouser... Oh, God, no. Can you imagine? <laughs> Goodness me. Golly God, gosh. Don't rile the people of Liverpool. <laughs> oh, they're, yeah, they're I'm, not ones to fuck with. I'm more worried about fucking with the people of Liverpool than I'm worried about fucking with the Scientologists. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's, let's not. We love Liverpool. We do. Way I man. I don't think that helps. That's Newcastle. I know. <laughs> now, what, what you've done there is got... One northern city confused with another, uh-huh. and now the whole of the north hates us as well. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, like Game of Thrones. And I love the north. It's my favourite part of the country. It sounds fucking bullshit, isn't it? It's all Tory twats and, like, picnics and Marks and Spencers. It takes 38 people to assemble each cake from start to finish, and 8.4 tonnes of sugar coating are used each year for the decorative spots. Whew. Colin the Caterpillar has become a staple of children's birthday parties, but it's also popular with adults. British Prime Minister David Cameron, Mayor of London Boris Johnson, and Olympic champion athlete Jessica Ennis are among those who have celebrated at parties with a Colin cake. You asked them that. I want more of those hard-hitting questions. <laughs> so when was the last time you partook in a Colin? 
<laughs> Mr. Prime Minister. The Independent, there is a picture of um, David Cameron and William Hague both looking at two Colin the Caterpillar cakes Wait. and chuckling heartily. And the headline is, David Cameron's love affair with Colin, brackets the Caterpillar. Mm. It's nice to and, see them um, enjoying themselves. No, it isn't. That? David Cameron said on Twitter, thanks to my team for squeezing in a quick birthday celebration on this V-hectic day, alongside a photo of him between two chocolate logs with candles. Dessert fans will recognise the logs as M&S's Colin the Caterpillar birthday cakes, a delicious combination of chocolate sponge, chocolate buttercream and chocolate shell, finished off with a silly chocolate face. That sounds like advertising to me. It does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't think I've had this. No, I don't... This is just paid out, come on. Despite Colin being being a character that children love, he's become a firm favourite with grown-ups too, says M&S cake developer Helen Brennan. Cake developer? Just... Stuck with Colin for a pretty long time. <laughs> he has not developed anything. Look at his big stupid face. That's not... It's a fun face for children. That's not fun. Yeah, that looks like a... Children and prime ministers. That's like yeah. a sad ninja turtle. It's a weird face. You can imagine there being an animal with a silly face that David Cameron doesn't want to tuck into. <laughs> I don't know Why is he eating of. it with his penis? <laughs> uh, <laughs> In August 2015, Marks and Spencer marked the 25th anniversary of the dessert with a limited edition, Colin the Caterpillar, featuring a party hat and multicoloured shoes and additional candy spots. Oh. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Missed that. That that you just heard right there, what was that? That was episode 69. Of? Wiki Shuffle. And where can you find more Wiki Shuffle? Wikishuffle.co.uk. And how can you get in touch with Wiki Shuffle? You can send us a tweet at WikishufflePod. Mm, how else? You could send us an email, podcast at Wikishuffle.co.uk. What if I don't want to? Then you can get your pen and paper out, find yourself your nearest postcard seller. You probably need specifically like a local museum. Go and visit your local museum. They'll have postcards yeah. with your shitty town on it. It's a picture of your shitty town. And then write a little message saying about all the ways in which Wikishuffle podcast has changed your life mm-hmm. for the better, probably for the better. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if we've caused you an accident because you've been laughing so heartily at our antics whilst scuba diving. Alone. Seems likely. Alone. Should have had a spotter, first rule of scuba. And send it to Wikishuffle HQ, 1B Headlands, Kettering NN157ER. And what does HQ stand for? Headquarters. Did you genuinely not know that? Yes, of course. Okay, it seemed like you Sometimes I can't tell. I'm a great actor. I've been spending a lot of time with him, remember? Uh, Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Did the old switcheroo there, didn't I? Yeah, I saw. I did see. (laughs) Were you not aware that I'm a great actor? Ask me to convey any emotion. Joy. That's not acting. That's, that's, that's panto acting. No, I didn't say it do wasn't it, panto. Do it in a serious BBC drama. Right. You've Joy, just, you've just found out yeah. that your wife of thirty years yeah. has been run over by the number two bus. And this is Joy. No, no, we're going for the other emotion. All right. So deep, you've just found out. So we're in the kitchen. We're going to set the scene. I'm in the kitchen, right? Because we worked, we worked together in this film. We're both built. We're both builders. <laughs> we're just back. We're just back from from a hard day's graft. Brian. That who we also know that works at the hospital has just found out for you that Belinda has tragically been mangled. <laughs> so okay. you're on the phone. So do the whole thing. Okay. You've answered the phone. I'll be yep. tearing the tea, and then you put the phone down. Scene. So I'm okay. tearing the tea. Hello, Mike speaking. She's what? 
Where? The number two? That doesn't go on that route. Oh no. Oh, that's a that's a shame. Uh, you'll never guess what happened, Todd. What's happened? A bloody Belinda. What happened to her? She kind of got herself mangled, didn't she? Belinda did? Belinda, yeah. What bus was she taking? Well, apparently the number two. That's not even on at this time of day. I said that! I thought it was a connecting train. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it wouldn't get commissioned. Uh, um, yeah, so there you go. Good actor. A remarkable thing to witness. Thank you. Which bit did you like best? I liked it all. Oh. I liked how Chris was particularly committed to stirring the tea. Yeah, <laughs> even though it was, was entirely mimed, <laughs> had no real bearing to anything that was happening. He carried on stirring that tea for longer than was in any way necessary. Very method. Yeah, and he stopped stirring the tea at the exact moment exactly. that he thought that Belinda was in trouble. He put down the mug in response hey. to your reaction mm. of your beloved wife having been mangled. So, would you recommend me to the people that run the Archers? Definitely, because I instinctively avoid the arches like the plague. And that's why you'd recommend. Uh, yeah, it's guaranteed hearing from you slightly less. I listen to a lot of Radio 4, but if I go anywhere near the arches, then... You should do the theme music of our radio show. We, what we call it? Ooh, Builder's Tea. <laughs> <laughs> Builder's Breakfast. Builder's Breakfast, yeah. That's yeah. what it would be called. And it can be on in the morning. Yeah, two hard-working grafters. Just getting by. Because we know how to... Yeah, we do. We, Just getting by in our van, dealing with the stresses of work and home life. And mangling. And mangling. Am I the only one that's picking up on the homosexual undertones here? No. <laughs> yes. We're just, <laughs> no. We're just two workmen. That We're two around. workmen. We have a van. And He's got a man. wife to be mangled. Yeah, there's a Doesn't mattress in the back. Doesn't seem that bothered about it. If anything, seems to be opening up a world of new possibilities. Because it was unbelievable because the bus wasn't running that day. It just, it seems unlikely that the number two would be in town. <laughs> He just seemed like a gay man maligning the loss of his beard. That's all that seemed <laughs> to be happening there. If I come across as a little bit camp when I'm acting, then so be it. You found, you found the inner truth of the... Was it Gary and Todd? Is that the name of... Uh, oh, it was Mike. Mike and Todd. Mm. Okay, that's good that we've we've done the worst <laughs> thing we've ever done. Um, <laughs> well, no, we needed episode. to pad a bit because we were worried the episode might run a bit short. And we have padded pad. away. I was supposed to talk about what you can find on the website. Do you remember when we said what we were going to talk about here? Diamonds are only created about. under pressure. That is correct. So on the website, you can find show notes. <gasps> show notes. Imagine. Secret nuggets. Secret nuggets of hidden detail. And if, uh, there are hidden Easter eggs all around the website, so if you just click in random places, you might find one. Yeah, you won't get rewarded until you've done at least seven episode listens, though, so you must mm. do that. Mm. Do you think they believe that? Yeah, they'll yeah, believe that. They'll believe that. anything, these idiots. <laughs> so you can find the show notes, and on there there'll be hidden little clips of audio that we didn't think were good enough to make it into the podcast. Hidden little clips? I thought we were a Londis. Lond we're a Londis podcast. Oh, we've mm. got to get up our brand loyalty, haven't we? Uh, so you can find little clips of stuff that didn't make the episode. Quite what we're going to put in there from today's, I don't know, because we've only recorded <laughs> all of 50, it. We've only recorded <laughs> about 15 minutes it. worth of content, so Jesus. it'll be fine. Thank you very much for listening. We've had enough. We will see you again next week. And we've got a guest episode for May coming up as well, we which do. we'll be recording imminently. With a podcast chum. With a podcast chum. Are we giving away who it is yet? No, yeah. we're not. You can hold on. You can anticipate a bit longer. Sit on the edge of your seat, but but she's pretty good. Oh, <gasps> giving away, narrow down half of the world's population that it isn't. Oh, it's enough of this, though, isn't it? It's yes. enough of this. Bye. 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 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.